the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let me ask you a question. How useful to the Lord are you? How do you know how useful you are? Are you a vessel that is usable in God's hands? Or are you a vessel that he would just as soon discard? Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stamp. Featuring the teaching staff at Grace Bible Church in Hayward, today, Angelo Dima joins us once again here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20-21. through 21. We've been looking at what a vessel of honor and dishonor actually looks like. Uh, We've been visiting a ton of scriptures, and we have a few more to go through, including Matthew chapter 5 and Ephesians chapter 3. So won't you join us as we understand what the vessel of God is all about and how you and I are indeed His vessels. What kind is the subject of our time today? Here's Angela with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. In Leviticus chapter 26, you don't have to go there. He says, if you will not be reformed by me, remember, he's the potter, we're the clay, we're the vessel. If you're not going to be reformed by him, by these things, but will walk contrary unto me, then I will also walk contrary unto you and will punish you yet seven times for your sins. Now, this is very sobering. But we understand when we're tethered to the text what Paul, who had read the Old Testament, understood the economy of God when it comes to his people and it comes to those who are not his people that have chosen not to believe. This is how it all works. This is God's economy. If you show yourself contrary to God, he will show himself contrary to you. And that's what the world will do. The fool has said, no God. It's not that he said, the fool has said, there is no God. That little italics in there, if you're to look at that, I believe it's Psalm 40, it's not there. What he's saying is, no God. He doesn't want God. He doesn't want to have anything to do with God because he does not want to believe. As we see in the book of Romans, he's suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. And because of this, The people who do that show themselves contrary to God. Contrary meaning going the opposite way in every way they possibly can to do everything contrary to what is right according to Scripture. So in sub-point C of our second point, God's economy. I wanted to put this in there because when we see this great kind of picture of vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor all throughout scriptures, we must understand that the Lord, as we see in Proverbs 16.4, you're probably familiar with this verse, why don't we turn there so you can you know, highlight it, put it in your Bible, because you will need this verse to explain to people that in the greatest theological plane, if I'm to put it that way, 
God is sovereign, right? And God's going to do what He's going to do. He's made an everlasting covenant ordered in all things and sure, He's going to save His people no matter what. And He is going to judge the world. God has done these things for His own glory's sake. So when we see that there are vessels of honor and there are vessels of dishonor, the Lord hath made all things for Himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Now there's only one thing you can do when you get that type of text. Anybody know what that is? Bow down. (laughs) Just bow. Bow and raise the white flag and give up. Okay? You're fighting against something that you will have no control over because He controls all things. He's made all things and everything will be giving God glory whether it's the vessel of honor or the vessel of dishonor. And we know and take comfort in this when Paul says in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. So we can take great ease when we go home and rest our heads that the wicked, the dishonorable, the ones who are going contrary, the ones who are unpure, the ones who are forward are in God's control and that all these things are working together for good even when it comes to our own families. As much as lieth in us, we try and preach our hearts out and speak till we're blue in the face to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And you keep getting contrary behavior from those who you're telling these things to. We must take great comfort in this, that all things are working together for good. And it will work itself out. And one day we will understand completely, though we look through a glass darkly at this time. So chapter 3. How do we achieve honor? The means of grace is the answer. So we see in our text, let me just read that again. But if in a great house, we see the great house is a type and picture. It is the house of God. There are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If any man therefore purge himself these he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. So when he says in subpoint A of our third point, purge yourself. So when when you see a command like that, does that mean if I go out, how can I purge myself? Um, if we're a church that believes in grace and grace alone. How do I do something myself? So I say in, in, in a little parenthesis here, don't forget the if factor. When you're given a command and you're a blood-bought child of God, you're given the ability to do these things. Do you believe that? So when you see the if, the if factor is the grace that we possess as believers. So it is possible to purge yourself. And he even gives some demonstration as he speaks to Paul, when he tells Timothy, flee, youthful lust. Flee, run away from it. And we saw that in the Joseph account, didn't we? Potiphar's wife, he fled his youthful lust. Did he have stuff going on in his members? You better believe it. 
But he fled it. He was purging himself. And that's the fire that you feel when these things happen and you're a young man. You must flee it. Run from it. Resist the devil and he shall flee from you. So that we can be vessels of honor. So that we can be sanctified, set apart, ready and able for the master's use. So the if factor can be understood when we see like in Philippians chapter 2 verses 12 through 13. Listen. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absent, absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There's the command, right? So if you're a child of God, you have grace that has been given to you. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any should boast. He follows it up by saying, For it is God which worketh in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. So we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. And if we're saved by grace, he's going to give you the ability to flee youthful lust and to purge yourself to make you uh, meet for the master's use. If it was left to us, we wouldn't do that. That's why we see... Paul clearly saying that at the end of the day we give God all the glory who worketh in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. And we also see in Philippians, uh, to the Philippian church, this promise where he tells them in chapter 1 verse 6 to be confident of this very thing that that which hath begun a work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now either you're alive or you're dead. Either you're honorable or you're dishonorable. So it's important that we meditate on these things and say, which side am I on? Am I doing dishonorable things? Am I doing honorable things? Do I want to dishonor God or do I want to honor God? Peter said it this way, whereby are given unto us exceeding and great precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. So you are partakers of the divine nature. You have something in you to give you the ability to purge yourself of things that would dishonor God. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Here's another command. These are means of grace. Show up to Sunday school... You ask God before you come, Lord, speak to me. And what does he do? I had somebody come up to me last night. And he says, you know, the preacher was preaching. And I swear he was talking about everything I had done. And I said, you know, God uses the preacher in gospel churches to preach in such a way where he's being used by the Spirit to have thousand points of light to expose all that are in the house because of mercy. And to the unbeliever who may be here, you are without excuse when you hear truth. And sins are being pointed out. And what makes the gospel church different from most churches is that the gospel church, the preacher, is quickly to say, I am a sinner saved by grace. The things that I do are 
because he is using me as a vessel of honor and has given me the power to do those things. For it is God that worketh in me to will and to do of his good pleasure. And as I'm doing them, I'm working this out in fear and trembling. So, you get it? Okay. Because we know we don't deserve to be up here. But if we understand that we're tore up from the floor up, God is going to use a vessel that is somewhat like a wicker basket and we have to keep pouring in because the water keeps coming out even though it can be a vessel of honor. It is a vessel nonetheless. And to acknowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness. So if God is going to do all these things, there are in sub-point B, as you see in your outline, results set apart that he may make us useful useful and so I take this in a gospel context and I look at Psalm 113 verses 7 through 9 why don't we turn there and then we can see the glorious nature of the gospel having raised up sinners for his purpose and what does he do he raises them up as the the psalmist says he raises up the poor out of the dust what is a poor person are we talking about I don't have enough money. Well, we've had some pretty rich people in this church here. Very, very wealthy. But they were poor in spirit. And that's the type of poor we're talking about. But he takes the poorest of sinners. Rich with money. Poor in faith. Poor in not having any love that is enduring, such as the love that comes from God. He takes those type of poor people out of the dust and he lifteth the needy out of the dunghill. Now, every believer can experience this to some degree. And if he's going to take you out of a dunghill, the first thing he's going to do is he's going to cause you to confess your sins. He's going to cause you to realize that he is faithful and just to forgive you of those sins, but not only that, but to cleanse you. We don't want any dung smelling people in the church and God's not going to have it. He's going to wash you with the washing of regeneration. He's going to scrub your neck as your mother did when you were little playing in the mud. And it doesn't feel good. But God will do this. And He gets glory out of it. And He lifteth the needy out of the dunghill that He may set him with princes. Now, anybody who's a believer is now a vessel of honor And he is a prince. He's a king. Whereas he was a pauper, a poor person. Destitute of anything. And even life is now made alive. And God sets him with princes, even the princes of his people. And he maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. There's a time when we had no life in us and how we see here that a woman who has no child and she longs for that child and wants a child and goes many years without it and then one day God creates a conception and a child is made and what does that do for the mother who longed for the child it creates a joyful sense and the mother shall have joy and what happens after that you praise the Lord Those are the results that happen when we're made 
meat for the master's use, as we see in our text. For who is your usefulness? Subpoint C, point three. <laughs> who? Why are we? Who are we useful for? Let's go to Matthew chapter five, verse sixteen. And we're we're given somewhat of a command, but we're it's shown to us what we're used for. Matthew five sixteen. He says this: Let your light. So shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now I submit to you that, does that mean I go out and I give all the homeless sandwiches? Right? And somebody sees what I'm doing and they say, look at that guy, I'm going to glorify his heavenly Father. He's fed all the homeless. Well, as we read in Proverbs 16.4, There are those who will glorify God by putting you down in a good work. That glorifies God too. There's no escaping glorifying God. There are those who were burned at the stake. Those who did the burning are glorifying God as they're burning in hell now. So it's not just this social gospel that's espoused in most churches today that if you go out and do these good things. It is true, if you're doing it, somebody's going to give glory to to God for your good works. But there are also those who are just going to mock you and think that you're just doing vain things, empty, doesn't have any purpose. But they will also bring glory to God too. And they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. In Matthew, if you turn just a chapter above that, chapter 6, verse 13, he says, in this prayer and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen so we're doing this for God's kingdom we're doing this by his power and we're doing this for his glory because we know it's forever and we can all say amen so what are the end results in subpoint D point 3 what are the end results make for good work? Therein is honor. So when God works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure, it is an end result so that we can honor him and he will honor us. And so I have a couple verses that I like to quote from. You can just listen to them. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundant All that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us as vessels of honor. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all the ages, world without end. So again, we have to ask the question, are we vessels of honor or are we vessels of dishonor? Jude also said it. Now unto him that is able, who is the one who can do these things? It does not say unto him, the sinner who is able to repent. It gives all of the sovereign rights to the one who is able to do the thing which we by nature cannot. That makes sense? Okay. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now 
and forever. Amen. Now I want to give you one last vessel, and this is how we do it here at Grace Bible Church, is that we always want our messages to leave you pointing to the greatest example of all, and I submit to you that that's Christ himself as our vessel. So let's turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. And this this will land us to the one who honored his father and did everything his father requested, everything his father demanded, so that when we do those things that are dishonorable, we can still be honorable because of the vessel, which is Christ Jesus, who is honorable in all things. So jump into that vessel of honor. That is our way of escape from all of the dishonorable things we have done. The Hebrew writer is very clear when he says, Wherefore, when he comes, that is Christ, into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared for me. So as we've seen certain passages talking about the potter and the clay, and that referring to us, vessels. We saw that the wife is the weaker vessel. We see in a greater spiritual sense that the weaker vessel is the church and we need a bridegroom which is able to protect that weaker vessel. We understand that these vessels in the text that refer to us refers to Christ when he says, but a body thou hast prepared for me. So again... We've done dishonorable things. So we need somebody that's been honorable in all things so that we can continue. As it says, that we may be sanctified. And what does it mean to be sanctified? That means to be set apart. If any man therefore will purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. And we're shown the means of grace, fleeing the youthful lust. And follow after righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. So again, who are we calling upon? We're calling upon the Lord who is the honorable vessel who was given a body to do all the things that we cannot by nature and where we've fallen so that we can be honorable before God the Father even when we've been dishonorable. So we are without excuse, right? So it is important to confess our sins and call upon the Lord Jesus Christ and he shall save you. Now when it says a pure heart, some of us have experienced what the conviction of sin is and I sometimes have to tell myself, how could I have such a pure heart when such vile thoughts come through my mind? Is there anybody here with pure thoughts right now? You know, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the good and the evil. How can an unpure thing, such as this wicked heart, be a new heart? Well, a dead heart won't talk like that, and it won't know what is impure, and it won't understand its impurity until it's made pure. (laughs) That's why we have a liver which filters the blood 
And then it goes to our heart, which beats, so that we'd be kept alive. But if we didn't have the filter of a glorious Savior who has worked in us to will and to do of His good pleasure, we are not pure. That'll conclude our time today here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan, the ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We thank you for spending time with us. Trust that as you do walk through God's Word with us, you're growing in grace, growing in your relationship with Christ and your love and adoration to Him. As we conclude our time together today, we would like to remind you that if today's broadcast was an impact to you, maybe it really blessed you, or maybe you've got a question or two that to listen to this program again would help out, well, we have CDs available when you call or write to us, or if you wish, simply stop by our website and download the audio file from the website. Our web address is grace-bible.com, rather simple. Again, grace-bible.com. Or contact us by phone at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, the address is 22768 Main Street. And that's here in Hayward. The zip code is 94541. Again, that's 22768. Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541 is the zip code. We ask for $5 per CD, or again, as mentioned, simply stop by our website and you can listen to the message in its entirety or download the MP3 version, grace-bible.com. One final note, we're inviting you to join us for worship. Sunday services are at 11 a.m. with Sunday school at 10 a.m. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study at 8 p.m. We'd love for you to stop by and join us for worship, especially if you're not involved in a fellowship at this time. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We have folks from all kinds of churches all over the Bay Area joining us at 8 p.m. It's a marvelous time of studying God's Word together as a company of believers. Again, for directions, simply go to grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.